Hey there, welcome to the Kitchen Sink Podcast. I'm Camille, and this is the podcast for women that want to create a dream kitchen without stress and costing a fortune. If you like no fluff, tell it like it is remodeling advice from a cabinet maker with over 30 years experience, then you are in the right place. I am so glad you're here. Let's dive in. So many of you have asked me, like, how is it possible that the cabinets can come all the way across the country, right, from California to your house, your location? And like, what's the process if you decide to hire me to actually come out there and assemble these cabinets and put them in, right? So I thought I would spend a little bit of time talking about Joanne's job. It's a perfect job to explain it because she's all the way across the country from me. So, you know, there's a little bit of logistics that go into making this actually like work, right? And, and like, how is this possible? So behind the scenes, um, the basics are this. When you order Arte cabinets from us ready to assemble, they are custom made for you and custom finished. So they're already pre-finished, meaning the edges have the right color, the doors have the right color, and that package, that kind of dream kitchen in a kit that I call, includes all the hardware. So all the slides, the hinges, the double soft closing garbage can, the spice insert, the cookie sheet dividers, and the shelves, the big three-quarter adjustable shelves, the shelf pins, the screws to uh, assemble and, and put, you know, build the cabinets and put them together. So uh, let's see, the crown molding, the toe kick, the fillers, basically all the details and things that you're going to need, your side panels, your end panels, um, let's see, your handles, Basically everything except for some of the things that I bring are is already going to be shipped to your house, to your location. So that's one thing. And that typically happens about a week and a half before I'm about to show up, right? Roughly two weeks, a week and a half. Um, in that time period, we've already figured out some of the other things like the logistics of where I'm going to stay, uh, payment, that type of thing. Okay. So that's sort of going on behind the scenes. And there's lots of conversations of coordinating that. Um, in Joanne's case, we were, um, you know, we had to wait for the whole room to be built, the foundation, the framing, the outside, the exterior, the windows installed, the floor installed, let's see, rough plumbing, electrical, uh, sheetrock, texture, paint, uh, the beams in her ceiling, like a lot of that stuff was happening for probably three months before I ever showed up. I'd say roughly that's about right. Then the floor was put in the big, beautiful white oak floor. So I was tracking that. She and I were in constant communication about the progress of what was going on with her general contractor. And as part of sort of my service, I help guide that and make sure that things aren't missed, make sure that that's being done. I don't want to say correctly, but like correctly in the way that like when I show up, I have to know certain things are finished uh, because I have very little time when I'm there. So uh, because I've done kitchens a lot for a long time, I know all the pieces of the puzzle that the other people are doing or should be doing. So I make sure all that stuff is done before I ever book my flight. So that's one thing that might be making you nervous or that you're worried about. It's like, well, how do I know it's going to work when I get there? That's because I'm doing a lot of that prep work via phone. We do a lot of a few video conferences so I can physically see the status of the job site. And I won't fly out there unless I feel very confident that I know what I can do in that time period. Um, and so, you know, there's some sort of checks and balances there because I, I'm not going to book my flight if I don't feel comfortable that the room is 
is prepared and ready for me because I won't have time to actually fix any problems when I'm there, right? Uh, any problems that aren't my my problems, right? <laughs> Related to cabinets. So that's one thing that's going on behind the scenes. Um, the other prep is that I'm getting my tools ready. I'm going through my checklist as a as the installer. You know, there's a lot of things happening in a really short amount of time. So I'm visualizing installing the cap, assembling the cabinets, installing the cabinets. Because I've already seen the job site via video, I kind of already know the problem areas. I know like in Joanne's case, the plumbing was coming up through the floor. That takes a lot longer to do than if it's against the back wall, right? If the plumbing is coming traditionally out of a back wall, like a regular wall, I'm just cutting a few holes in the back of the cabinet and I slide the cabinet straight back and level it. It's it's pretty straightforward. In her case, I knew because the plumbing is coming through the floor of the cabinet, right? Through the bottom of the cabinet, that just takes a lot more time. It has to be more precise. It's more difficult because you're picking up a very heavy cabinet and setting it over the top of plumbing, which you can obviously break a plumbing line off, right? And have gushing water. So there's certain things like that. When I look at the videos, I'm looking for problems. I'm looking for areas that I know I'm going to need to spend more time. And I'm sort of budgeting, well, that's going to take maybe a half a day instead of 10 minutes, or, you know, that's going to take a few hours instead of 10 minutes. And I'm pre-thinking that. So I know roughly, do I need three days there, four days there, a week there? Now, Admittedly, some of the stuff that I find is different than I expected. There's nothing, you know, I can't plan for everything. Um, in her case, the not because of her, but unfortunately, uh, the builder did not level the new room with the existing house very well, I think. And so it was about three quarters of an inch off level in about eight feet, nine feet. That's a lot. So that's not something I can just easily shim quickly. So once I was there, I, I, pretty much knew I was going to need a second trip because we wasted, not wasted, spent a lot of time uh, doing things that should have taken only, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. We spent a lot of time on leveling and um, because it had to be done. So there's certain things that happen, but even then, right, there's always a solution. That's the bottom line. There's always a solution. Everything is fixable. And so, you know, it's nice to have somebody that has seen a lot of things and kind of knows what to do when something comes up. And, you know, I feel very confident that I can handle pretty much anything I find, right? I've seen a lot of these things happen. So I'm, you know, I have an arsenal of, of solutions for most things. Okay. So that's, um, that's what I'm sort of doing myself is preparing myself mentally for the things that I might have. I keep a running list of issues that I think are going to come up. Um, and I start making my list of tools so that I know physically what I think I'm going to need to bring. Um, and so I'll, I'll go through like what I typically bring. Um, you guys are not required to have any real hand tools. I do bring quite a lot of stuff that solves most of the problems, but there are a couple of things that are, that are required that I just, I can't physically ship out to the location. One is an air compressor. It could be a very small air compressor. Uh, I bring my own air hose, my own nail guns for the moldings. We also need a chop saw, which is the saw that we use to cut the crown molding. I, I prefer to use a specific kind of chop saw that's made by DeWalt. And that's because I'm doing so much cutting. I need to have a saw that I'm, I know for sure will do the work quickly and easily, right? I can't be struggling with an old outdated chop saw because it's going to take me so much longer to get the look, the, the things that I need to have happen. 
And I also know that I can't afford to mess up materials because a saw is just too outdated, right, for me to use to get the effect that I need. Um, because I, I only have a certain amount of materials that I ship you, right? We're not buying double the amount of materials. So there's certain things that like I have, I have to be really conscious of. So for me, the chop saw is a really important part of it because I'm using it so much and I have very little time when I'm there. So I need the right tool to do the job. Um, other than that, a lot of the things that I do bring with me is a portable, uh, so let me back up. So I basically fly with two to three, uh, toolkits. It depends on sort of the style of the job, but almost always I've got at least two. And so what I'm able to bring with me is all of my hand tools, all the special like, uh, hardware and things that I need to like attach the drawers, the drawer fronts, um, you know, just basically anything I need for adjustment. Um, let's see, what else do I bring? Um, there's quite a bit, you'll see in the pictures, there's quite a lot packed in these toolkits. So my jigsaw, my hammer, uh, my nail guns, my special air hose, kind of a bunch of my little specialty tools, screws that I know are difficult to find in, in Lowe's and Home Depot in different parts of the state. I typically will bring my own screws with me that are the specialty screws because I don't want to spend a lot of time running around finding those there. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, let's see my guided skill saw, my big skill saw with a, with a guide rail that lets me trim, um, you know, anything long and flat. So like the side panels that go on the sides of the cabinets, those are the kind of the, the pretty things that go on at the very end. And so it lets me trim those without having to have a table saw. Now it is nice to have a table saw, but it's not required. So in this case, Joanne's husband had a small table saw and it allowed me to kind of do some small little modifications with some of the trims. Um, just FYI, a table saw is by far the most, uh, dangerous tool. So if you're not really comfortable with it, it's not something I'm going to require you buy. And honestly, it's how most people cut their fingers off. So I generally don't have people use a table saw unless they're really, really understand the risks associated with it, but it's not for beginners. Uh, it's definitely not for beginners. Uh, I think that's it. Um, I have some specialty tools that I use for installing the cabinets, but you know, other than that, that's basically what I'm bringing that fills up two cases. I check those and I have to pay $75 to ship, uh, each of those, right? Because they're overweight. So that's the cost to me to get all my tools there, but it does make it so I am able to, to be really quick and really efficient because I'm using my tools that I've spent 30 years learning and finding just the right versions of them. And, um, as you'll hear in the last episode, I, you know, typically will teach a lot of my clients how to use their power tools in the, in the midst of this process. So it's pretty common that they will start using my tools and they'll be like, wow, these tools are so much better. They're so much easier to use. They're so much lighter. They're made for finished work. So they're made for just doing what I'm doing, installing high-end kitchen cabinets. So they make the work really fast and easy for me personally. And it's a big part of why I'm able to kind of drop into a location and then just immediately start doing things. Uh, it would be very difficult for me to do that if I used your tools. Your tools are too big, they're too heavy, they're too rough, and I'm going to be struggling just like I see my clients do. I would be struggling too. So I need to be like, I need to be able to hit the ground running when I when I land there. Uh, let's see. So that's my tools. And um, I check those 
check those tools. And then I have two carry-ons for myself, just a couple changes of clothes. I'm in work clothes. I don't bring fancy clothes typically because I'm working almost the entire time. Okay. What's another thing? People ask like, where do I stay? Uh, most people either lend me a car or they come and pick me up at the local hotel. Uh, I do not typically stay with the clients. I need a break. You need a break. It's just a good, healthy refresh because a lot's going on every day. And, um, I'm an actual introvert by nature. So I need some private time, some space to just like, you know, where I'm answering a lot of questions. We're talking a lot. There's a lot going on during the day and I need to regroup at the end of the evening. I typically will go and have dinner and a cocktail and go right to bed. I'll answer some emails, stuff like that. Go right to bed because I'm up early in the morning. I'll take my walk, have a little bit of breakfast and I'm basically back at your house. So if you've lent me a car, I'm usually only a few miles away from, you know, from your house, or you come and pick me up in the morning, and then I'm pretty much working there all day long. Uh, I do some locations, I can take Lyft back and forth, right? Um, So I don't mind doing that. Most clients like picking me up, or they like lending me their car. Uh, It's not a requirement. If if you know, we just if that's just makes you uncomfortable, uh, obviously, I can rent a car. Um, but it's kind of, it's kind of a waste of money of everybody's money. Um, most of the time my hotel is very close to where the location is. It's, it's pretty rare that I'm, I'm generally never more than five minutes away, 10 minutes away. I don't think in any of the locations I've been to. So I'm very close. And, uh, the first night I fly in, I typically, we drop off my tools and then I go to the hotel and the very next morning, uh, I'm basically ready to work, you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. I do not eat when I'm at work. <laughs> so I know everybody wants to offer me lunch and it's and that type of thing, but it's not rude. It's not offensive. I've never worked when I'm at, I've never eaten when I'm at work. Uh, it's very difficult to do the work I'm doing in the amount of time I'm doing on a full stomach. Like it's just pretty much impossible. Uh, so I, I'm just used to for 30 years, I don't eat when I'm at work. So don't worry about having lunch for me. I won't eat it. <laughs> uh, for the clients who are not used to maybe this level of work, uh, in this amount of time, like I have no problems with you guys taking breaks, whatever you feel comfortable with, you have to kind of do what works for your body. So there's no like pressure with that. I keep working and I can do a lot by myself and I'm, I'm used to working by myself a lot when I owned my own kitchen cabinet shop and had many, many women working for me. Um, you know, most of us worked individually and occasionally there'd be two people. So a really good carpenter can do a lot by themselves. (laughs) So, uh, I keep working the whole time and I enjoy it, right? It's exciting for me. And I want to make a big impact when I'm there in those first couple days. Um, and so, so that's the tools, that's the hotel, that's sort of the work process. And, um, yeah, a lot gets done in the first two days. Most of the work gets done in the first two days. So I'm going to walk through the process of like how that happens. Uh, I prefer that you don't open the boxes and all that stuff, because generally what ends up happening is you guys aren't familiar with unpacking them. They get out of order and you're excited and you're picking stuff up and you're not really picking it up in the, maybe the correct way. Things are heavier than you're used to and things get banged and dented and then you have to buy another door or drawer front. So I know how to carry them. I know, you know, I'm usually carrying one piece at a time. So everything is supported. I know how to be super careful of all the edges and I know how to organize the job site. So when I show up, that's the very first thing we do. I show you how we unwrap all the pallets is there's a very methodical way to do it. And then we start unloading and we do that together. And I'm explaining sort of what's inside of all the pallets and what's inside all the crates. We 
basically unwrap the um, drawer boxes, which will be all in one pallet. They're heavy. Uh, we always carry one drawer box at a time because they're heavy and they bang into each other and then they get dented, right? So we're basically just uh, picking up a, a drawer box, walking it into the house, putting it in a corner out of our way, very carefully setting them aside. Um, and then one pallet's out of our way. We need that out of our way because we're going to be working in the garage. So we need to constantly be keeping the job site neat and organized because there's a lot of volume of stuff that will be coming your way. And it's really easy to get it disorganized quickly. And then it's like irritating to work in a really messy location. So I kind of show my clients how to keep the job site really neat and organized. So that's the first thing we do is typically the drawer boxes. Second thing is we unwrap all the, we unwrap the pallet with the actual cabinet boxes themselves, which are unassembled, right? Each layer. So each individual cabinet, let's say it's a 20 inch wide drawer box cabinet So we'll have two sides, a left and a right, a top and a bottom and a back and a couple little extra like the toe kick. So each cabinet has like six or seven pieces. So that will be on one layer. Okay. One layer laid flat on the pallet. Then there will be a sheet of cushioning uh, packaging material that cushions the cabinets between each other. Then there will be the next layer is another cabinet laid flat, all seven pieces. So we're basically just pulling off the protective package. We're individually, each, the two of us picking up each individual piece, the sides, walking them into the house, leaning them against the wall. So we know that is one cabinet. Then we can walk out to the garage. We unwrap another layer. We individually pick up each of the individual pieces, right back and forth, back and forth. And, uh, we do that till every single cabinet is in the house, leaned against the wall carefully with the good sides up. So the edging that has the color on it, the white or the green or blue, that part goes up. So it never gets damaged, right? We never lay it down on the floor. Okay. Um, and so now we can, we can kind of see, I can show the client, okay, here's your sink cabinet leaned against the wall unassembled. Here's your two drawer bases. Here's this cabinet. Here's this cabinet. Now we move on to, then we clean up the pallet, which frees up more room inside the garage. Then we move back into the house and we set up our job site. So in this case, I always work on cabinet blankets. I never work on concrete. I never work on a hardwood floor. We are always working on cabinet blankets, which is one of the requirements that I have uh, had Joanne buy, I don't know, like a week or so before I got there. They're really inexpensive, but they basically make it so we never make a mistake. And if somebody drops a tool or if something falls over, it doesn't get damaged. It's easy on the knees. It's easy to keep sawdust and stuff from going all over the place. It just makes the job site really neat and manageable. And again, since we're doing a really lot of stuff in a short amount of time, neatness and efficiency and organization is a really big part of why this even works, right? If I was disorganized and the job was disorganized, this would never get done in the amount of time that I'm there. All right. So then we move on to assembling the cabinets, which I might just do a whole nother episode on how did we do that? How do we assemble the cabinets? Uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to take time of like, how do I do that right now? I'll probably do another episode and show you how we build them, how they get assembled. Uh, But basically we spend well, probably on Joanne's job, we spent, I'd say two hours unwrapping all the pallets and kind of getting the job site organized. And then over the next three hours, we assembled all the base cabinets. I'd say that was true. Yeah, it's about right. And we kind of gently moved them into position. They weren't attached to anything to each other or the back wall, but sort of just getting the lay of the land and the room. 
And again, we want to assemble all those boxes, not the uppers, and put them in a certain place and get all that packaging material out of the house and organized because we need the room to work. You'd be shocked at how much space <laughs> um, a bunch of kitchen cabinets takes up. It will fill an entire room if they're when they're not organized. Fill an entire room. So we need we need move, place to move around and walk around and and work on the cabinets. So we need to keep it organized. So. Once we get the base cabinets assembled, we gently push them generally where they're going to go in position. And I believe we attached on her job, we actually started screwing some of the island cabinets together. They get screwed together sideways, like left to right. Then they get attached to the back wall. Uh, in her case, uh, attached to the floor, right? Because it's an island. I believe we did that on the very first day. So when she came back, she was gone most of the day. Um, when she came back, it kind of looked like a kitchen. Like there was a lot already done in a really short amount of time. Uh, that was a lot of work. And so I was tired. Uh, Ralph was tired, right? We had done a lot of walking and back and forth. And so I went home, I had, I had dinner, I had a cocktail, came back the next morning and we started really going gung ho of actually installing the cabinets, installing the one long wall, working on the big pantry cabinets. She had some really big, tall, heavy cabinets. They take a lot of energy to do. So those, that was like what we did the second day. And, um, I believe we moved on into like the first pantry, which is in the corner by the refrigerator. We put that in, we put the pantry by the stove in and, uh, by day three, we were installing drawer boxes. So we were taking all those drawer boxes that were in the corner and now installing them in the actual cabinet boxes and attaching all the drawer fronts, the handles, uh, the moldings. So that's what we, that's what we did. So basically, ninety percent, eighty five percent was done in three days. Uh, you know, the basic kitchen was done in three days, I'd say. Uh, and I believe I flew out on the fourth day. I think that was about right, or it might have been th- somewhere between three days and four days. Um, and because of the floor sloping, we ended up having to um, get more doors because the heights were no longer going to work because. We had to shift the cabinets quite significantly because of the floor not being level, and um, and her some of her panels had not showed up in time, or we thought they were there, but when we actually unwrapped everything, they still weren't there. So it kind of worked out though because the second time I went back, we were able to we basically did all the side panels, more crown molding, the refrigerator cabinet. Um, her plumber had installed the cooktop by then, so we had to modify some of the drawer boxes and the cabinets which we knew we were going to have to do. Um, we, we just did a lot of adjusting and really fine tuning stuff, more moldings, more trim work. Uh, the side panels were put on in between the countertops got installed, the plumbing hooked up, the sink hooked up, the oven installed. So they did a lot of work when I, by the time I came back. And so I was able to basically to wrap up that job, um, fairly quickly and it looks phenomenal. So, so that's kind of the process. Uh, a lot of you have asked, like, what is it chart? How do we charge? How does that work? So it ranges from, I'd say, 1500 to 3500 depending on the complexity of the job, the amount of cabinets, the height of cabinets, um, just just how much actual work there is to do, right? But an average is around $2,000, i would say, for my fee. And then we split whatever the lowest is, typically. I mean, I want it to be affordable for you guys of either my hotel or my flight. Usually it's my hotel. Usually the hotel's around 500 bucks. So typically I will pay the thousand for the flight or whatever the flight is, right? Round trip. And obviously my food 
and my alcohol. I don't expect you guys to pay for that. So uh, that's what I cover. I cover obviously shipping my tools there. If I have to rent a, a car, I, I cover that. So that's pretty much what it is. And that's pretty comparable to what I would charge if I was literally here. <laughs> uh, typically, I would charge $5,000 to install a kitchen, believe it or not. So, um, you know, it's a reduced rate for me, but I just really love doing it. And um, I want it to be affordable for you guys because I know you're spending a lot of money on a lot of other things, right? So that's generally how it works. Uh, you invest a little, I invest a little and, um, yeah, so that's sort of the process of that. Um, in Joanne's case and some of the other ladies cases, uh, I also teach you my five favorite power tools. So that's sort of an add on that happens to you when you're there. Uh, and so I used to have a carpentry school for women. Not everybody knows that. So I had, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of women go through that process. So I'm really good at teaching beginners, these five power tools. I, I know how to, I know how to do that in a really safe way. And so, um, in Joanne's case, I, you know, gently, gently, uh, pushed her to, to kind of lose her fears around that. And she ended up doing really, really well and used all five of my power tools, which is, um, an air hose, an air compressor, right? A lot of women are scared of that. A nail gun, my chop saw, which is what you use to cut angles for your crown molding. Uh, and your toe kicks, right? And the, all those little trim pieces, a jigsaw, which lets you cut curves and shapes and, uh, my guided skill saw, which lets you cut long, straight cuts. Okay. That's how we cut the, um, the panels, right? And obviously a, a cordless drill. She got to be really good with her cordless drill, which most women, a lot of women that say they've used a drill don't actually know how to use the cordless drill correctly. And so I spend a lot of time on that just because I think a cordless drill is like a woman not knowing how to drive. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. Every woman should know how to use her cordless drill, period, correctly. Uh, not ask her husband, her brother, her neighbor, her buddy, whatever. Every single woman, just like I think every woman should know how to drive a stick shift too, but at least she should know how to drive a car. Every woman needs to have a good cordless drill and know how to use it correctly. So we spend a lot of time on that, which I know for sure she feels so much, so empowered and she could like do all kinds of things now. So that's like another added benefit is just how comfortable she is with herself, learning something new. And she now is as a part of that, like she cut the hole for the cooktop. She cut, um, the, the, the side uh, holes in the side panels, these beautiful panels on the side of her island, you know, she cut those holes with me helping her and watching and making sure she did it correctly, but she's the one holding the jigsaw. And so now she can look at that and know that she's the one who cut those outlet holes for those outlets. She also cut and modified the sides of a lot of, of several of the drawer boxes, um, which is what happens when we put outlets in islands, we have to modify the drawers on the side. Uh, which you can't see, it's not visible, but we have to cut some some space for the outlets. So she did all of those. She installed handles, a whole bunch of stuff she did. So, you know, I think it's just another extra bent bonus to me flying out there as I get to spend some time training you guys on tools that you normally would, well, one, your husband would not be that patient <laughs> and actually teach you the correct way for women. Women have a lot less hand strength, a lot less shoulder strength, they need to use technique and leverage to be really good with their power tools. So I show them how I'm able to do that, right? Because I was always small with small hands and not as strong as my husband. So I had to learn how to use my strength in a certain way. So that's just like another benefit of that happens when I fly out there. And um, in the case of a lot of women like Penny, who you guys followed, 
you know, she was up in Idaho standpoint. I taught her grandchildren who had never had any, any, uh, opportunity to ever do that, how to use a drill and a saw. And like, they were just like, so excited by what they were able to do. Right. They were in high school. So, um, it's just a really fun part of the job. So if you fly me out there and you've got kids or grandkids or a daughter or son or anybody that you think could help, generally it ends up happening is they also get really good with their tools. And it's a really empowering process that happens over a few days and in the middle of the kitchen getting done. All right. So let me look at my list. I think I covered everything, the process, my tools, the logistics, um, the flight. Usually I book my flight after we've done all this pre-thinking and we know exactly what's going on. Uh, it's not very willy nilly, like it's highly orchestrated when I'm going to fly out there. And I want to make sure that the timing is right and that you guys are ready to focus. I can focus and we can really get a lot done in a short amount of time. We have a lot of fun, lots of laughing. It's a really fun thing. And, um, and then in the end we go and have dinner or a cocktail and, uh, I get to know you guys even better, which is exactly what happened with Joanne. They took me out several times. We had a fantastic time and, uh, it's a, it's a really exciting part of the job for me. So I hope you guys enjoyed that little bit of the behind the scenes and, um, yeah. And in the final episode, you're going to hear Joanne and her experience, what it meant to her, um, you know, just what she thought of working with me and flying me out there and um, her big, beautiful new dream kitchen. All right. See you soon. Great kitchen design and incredible functionality should not cost an arm and a leg. That's why I created Kitchen Remodel Rockstar, a membership group exclusive for women that's affordable, honest, and direct. For just $97 a month, we help you explore all those choices running around in your head like how big is a granite slab? And which color should I pick? Is porcelain better than stainless steel? And what will it cost? Should I buy a farmhouse sink in single or double bowl? Or maybe what type of cabinets should I buy? Should I buy custom? Should I do a reface? I'm really lost, right? And finally, how do I even figure out the ideal cabinet layout? Well, that and so much more is what we cover inside of KRR. It's like kitchen therapy, because let's face it, planning a kitchen remodel is stressful. So many decisions to make, it's hard to know who to trust. And that's where I come in. Look, my program has helped over 10,000 women across the country create their own kitchen system that blends high-end functionality with gorgeous design without overdrafting your checking account. So jump on in today and let's see how we can help you get your dream kitchen for less stress and money. Just like Jessica, quote, I can't believe how much I learned already. This was worth the cost and it's been two days. I am so excited to start exploring countertop options now. My anxiety is completely gone. Thank you, thank you for this group. So hey, I really want to add your story one day and I hope you join because this is a safe and affordable place for women just like you to explore what they want to create in their dream kitchen and get straightforward answers in real time. Just think, for $97, there's no more waiting or wondering if you're making the right decision. Now you will feel confident in every single choice and know that you have created the best dream kitchen you can for you. I hope to see you inside the club today. Go over to krr.com to sign up. That's kitchenremodelrockstar.com today.